You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome to American Sex, the award-winning podcast dedicated to challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals that we have in the U.S. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg. We're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and ridiculous, sadistic kinksters. We're also non-monogamously married to each other. So strap in or strap one on. In this house, your pleasure is power. Your kink is customizable. And your subversive perversions are revolutionary. Hi, my friends. Welcome to episode 185 of American Sex Podcast. Yes, give yourselves a hand because you're here. And you're going to learn some great stuff this episode, because this week, Ken and I talk with Susan Wright and Bebe Blue Eyes from the NCSF. That's the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. Now, the NCSF celebrates its 25th anniversary this year. They're a nonprofit committed to creating a political, legal, and social environment in the U.S. that advocates equal rights for consenting adults who engage in alternative sexual and relationship expressions. Now, I love the NCSF. They've done so many awesome things. They maintain the CAP list. That's the Kinky and Poly Aware Professionals Directory that I refer people to all the darn time. They do tons of outreach regarding consent and all sorts of things. They have been a part of legally challenging SESTA-FOSTA and so Oh my God, so many other things, including what we're talking about today, which is their current effort of helping change the legal definition of consent within kink in sexual assault cases. Now, really quickly, I'm going to introduce you to Bebe and Susan, and then we'll get on topic. So Bebe has been serving the kink and polyamory community since 2009, educating about consent and all sorts of things. She founded St. Louis Polyharmonic Group for Kinky and Polyamorous Persons. And in 2020, Bebe was chosen by the Leather Leadership Conference for their Servant Leadership Award. She's currently serving her seventh year on the board of directors of the NCSF. Now, Susan Wright, founded the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom in 1997 and currently serves as the executive director. Couple of highlights because, oh, she has so many accolades. She chaired the DSM-5 revision project. Now, the DSM-5 is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Health Disorders, and it's basically the Bible for uh, psychologists and mental health professionals, what we use for billing and diagnostics, etc. And what Susan did was helped separate consensual paraphilias, aka fetishes, from paraphilic disorders in 2013. So they no longer look at us kinksters like, hmm, something is wrong with you. Susan has a ton of published journal papers under her belt that focus on discrimination and violence against alt-sex practitioners, uh, consent practices and attitudes, and the mental and physical health of alt-sex practitioners. She chairs the Consent Counts Committee that worked with the American Law Institute on the new model penal code on sexual assault to create Section 213.10, Affirmative Defense of Explicit Prior Permission for Use of Force and Restraint Within Sexual contact. Now, you can read both Bebe and Susan's full bios in our show notes, but I want to get back to that that last 
long sentence, which seemed like a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo, but oh, it is not. It is some great stuff. So in this episode, Susan and Bebe explain to us why working to decriminalize BDSM has been a priority for the NCSF. Now, in the U.S., you can't legally consent to what the law considers abuse, like even in the case of consensual BDSM. And there has been no legal precedent to differentiate consensual from non-consensual encounters within kinky scenes. So in other words, what that means, victims of sexual assault whose assault occurred within the context of BDSM have little recourse for prosecuting their assailants. And that is a huge problem. So the NCSF, working with the American Law Institute over the last 14 years on this project, what they did is they have outlined specific criteria for establishing consent within kink. It's called EPP, which stands for Explicit Prior Permission. And some of those things in EPP include, uh, you know, like having a safe word or criteria for that consent being informed, risk being disclosed, etc. And I'll have a link to the writing that has the 10 best practices for EPP in the show notes. So go look for those. EPP is going to take a place alongside some of our other well-known consent frameworks within BDSM, like RAC, risk-aware consensual kink, right? This is the first time with EPP that we have had a standard set of consent guidelines across the entire BDSM community and all the subcommunities. Uh, and it's on its way to becoming law, which is, oh my goodness, this is huge. In our conversation, we talk about ways for our communities to police themselves, why that's so important, how they are rolling out this new legal framework in existing sexual assault cases so it becomes legal precedent state by state. And we talk about other important related topics like spotting red flags in your community, how to use the NCSF's incident response and reporting system to document non-consensual uh, or abusive incidents within the community and to utilize their professional referral system to connect you to people that can help you. And there's a, a ton more. This is such a great episode. And don't let that legal mumbo jumbo scare you. Like we laugh, we have a good time. This is a good conversation. Susan and Bebe are just fun to talk to. And what better way to get across some really important, serious information when you're having a really enjoyable conversation. But I do want to make a note about the content of this episode. Although we don't get into specifics or detailed descriptions of instances of sexual assault during this conversation, we do bring up sexual assault, consent violations, etc., quite a bit, but from more of a, a legal or procedural point of view. So know that going into the conversation. And before we get to that, let's wash the balls, which is housekeeping here on American sex. And I promise to keep it way short and sweet. This is fast. So first, if you're listening to this episode on the release day, that means tomorrow, March 29th, I am inviting you to Marla Renee Stewart and Luna Matadas's monthly race and kink discussion. I'm going to be a guest and everybody is welcome. And I encourage you to come and join us. Tickets are income-based and no one will be turned away for lack of funds. See the webpage for more details. That is raceandkink.com. And if you can't attend live. When you get your ticket, that will include a recording that you can watch later. Now, a bit more about the monthly discussion series. 
They feature intellectual conversations around race and kink and its effects on the various intersections of identities and kinky particulars. So their goals are to create conversations about racism and kink communities, industries, and spaces, to empower BIPOC people to navigate and thrive in kinky pursuits, to educate allies on how implicit bias, racism, and interpersonal racism happens in kink, to raise awareness of racial dynamics in kinky activities and events, and to feed your brain and your kinky soul with lively conversation with some of the industry's leading kinky professionals. You'll have the ability to ask questions and engage and, of course, learn lots of great things. Again, go to raceandkink.com to reserve your spot, and that link will be in the show notes. And guess what? That is it. These balls are clean. I told you that would be short, sweet, and easy. Now, here is our conversation with Bebe Blue Eyes and Susan Wright from the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom talking about EPP, which is the new explicit prior permission consent model, and the new model penal code for sexual assault in BDSM. I am really excited, y'all, because we have on the line Susan and Bebe from NCSF. And this conversation has been how many years? 14 years in the making, I think? What, What... Give us the lowdown. So who are y'all? First of all, let's introduce what is NCSF? What's your mission? What do you do? Sunny for remembering the order of the letters. I I have a dyslexic (laughs) problem with saying NCSF and I have a giant paper in front of my face so I don't mess it up. So all right. (laughs) So what does your organization do? Um, The National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, NCSF. Uh, We're a coalition, a grassroots coalition of over 100 groups and businesses, and those groups and businesses uh, serve the kink and consensual non-monogamy communities. So that includes everything from uh, kink, spanking, leather, fetish, uh, polyamory, swinging. So yeah, it's the alt-sex community. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the the things that I refer people to a lot, I mean, I refer people to a lot of stuff on your website and that your organization does. But one of the things that I love that people talk about a lot is your kink aware professionals list, or is it CAP or K-A-P? I don't know if we do the acronym. What's that? Mm -hmm. Uh, The kink and polyamory aware professionals. Yeah, this is a a database that was created by... uh, Guy Baldwin and Ray Spannon mm-hmm. way back in the late 1980s when they were working on trying to depathologize uh, BDSM. Okay. And so they knew that, you know, we, it's so hard when you need a therapist or a doctor and having to explain your personal sex life <laughs> <Yes>. to them <laughs> while you're trying to talk to them about, you know, your real problems, which right. is something completely different. So we, uh, they started recruiting professionals and uh, mainly mental health professionals. And then NCSF, uh, they ended up giving it to us uh, over a decade ago. And so we maintain it and we've actually grown it. So it includes all kinds of professionals like mediators to help you uh, if you're having a dispute with somebody or DEI consultants for mm-hmm. groups that want to have a, like a diversity training. So we have all kind of website designers, marriage. Web designers, attorneys. Yeah, that's it's amazing. So cool. We got a lot of people on there. So that's that's a great resource for folks. It's the most visited part of our website because, you know, if you need somebody, it's a great way to go and and find somebody in your area. Absolutely. Like I said, I refer people all the darn time, constantly. Um so thank you for that. And what else? I know that that Susan, you know, you founded uh NCF, screw it up. Hundred bucks, somebody owes me hundred dollars. And I know. Let's get a pool going every time I screw up the letters. Um, no, you founded the organization. That's an easy way to get out of saying letters. <laughs> In the late nineties, why? Like, why did the world need this? What was your one mission or the thing you would hope to solve? 
yeah, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary this year. And that's kind of amazing for an all-volunteer grassroots organization. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was really because um, of the discrimination that takes takes place against us. And uh, NCSF, you know, we saw the need for these educational groups to come together and have an organization that could talk to the media, talk to local officials, it, you know, help protect our events. That's a big part of what we needed to do was defend our right to be able to gather. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we had to change public policy by providing education for professionals like law enforcement and the mental health professionals. Like we had to work to change the DSM-5, which is the American Psychiatric Association's diagnostic manual so that they wouldn't say that, uh, our, our folks are, are mentally ill. Right. You know, we work the American Law Institute to, to decriminalize BDSM, to make sure there's a legal framework for consent to kink and explicit prior permission. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We really just, we, we wanted to help the groups. We also look back at the communities and, you know, really help organize our groups. Bebe is our coalition partner liaison. And that's, you know, focusing on our communities to make sure that our groups and um, events are as healthy as possible and have all the information and resources that they need. Oh. Your, your work is so prolific and, and Bebe works so hard at this. I think that at last count we have, and this isn't even the number of conferences that we have seen her at, but like we have been in eight different states in the United States <laughs> yeah. where you have been there providing information at a BDSM conference. And I just can't tell you how important it is. Before this, I'm I'm an old time kingster. I remember when race did that stuff. Really, I'm that yeah. old, yeah. Because it's like uh, I started BDSM stuff back in the, the late '80s. Yeah, and um, even today, just like getting is something as simple as getting a divorce, getting seen for a dermatology appointment. Uh, those are all things that we need your services for in order to like. So we don't have to like come up with a, a weird explanation as to why our skin might be bruised or why we're in a relationship where one person uh, consensually does something to another that wouldn't happen in most relationships. Right. You know, right. like, and I'm talking spanking and things like that. Right. And baby, how long have you been with NCSF? Oh my gosh. Um, this is my seventh year on the board. I just started my seventh Aww. year this month. And I was an advocate for a year or two before that. So yeah. They saw me doing the work and Susan's like, um, we're going to appoint you to the board. <laughs> well, so. we, we love you both. And, you know, there's so much um, to thank, you know, both of you and the whole organization, all of the volunteers. And one of the things that I have been hearing whispers about that is finally being unveiled, um, as you had touched on very quickly, Susan, was the, the new revised model penal code, code on sexual assault and the E is EPP model, correct? L- let's get yes. into that. W- what is this and what went into putting this together? Because it's been, what, four- 14 years in the oh making? Gosh. Like a long time, right? Yeah, it has been a long time. Um, yeah, it's explicit prior permission, EPP. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're really just trying to spread a word. It's the same thing like SSC, like RAC, like PRIC. Mm-hmm. Um, EP, it needs to be something that everyone's aware of so that they can, um, you know, conform with what the law is now, this new legal framework. Right. And so how this started was it, um, a community wide project called consent counts was started mm-hmm. and, and this was kind of created at the creating change, the national gay and lesbian task force and kind of leather activists meet there at a, uh, leather caucus. Okay. And they decided that decriminalizing BDSM was the most important thing. I mean, those are always the things that they use against us. Oh, they're sick or they're violent. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of need to change that in the institutions to make sure that those stereotypes don't continue. Right, right. So that went around the country for like a year. And then they gave it to NCSF to run. Ah, Okay. Yeah. And that, um, we tried, we did all kinds of stuff. We gathered, you know, a consent legal database, which is on our website with law review articles about consent in BDSM and all the case law where, uh, those are cases, criminal cases that have been appealed Mm -hmm. and the appeals have held. 
And that's where that whole idea of consent is not a defense came from, because in all of this old case law, really, you, you're not allowed to consent to BDSM, even really mild activities like, you know, hot wax or using a riding crop on someone. And so that's like put us in a gray area for right. all decades. And I think that that's something that the average person doesn't think about. You know, we're used to watching Law & Order SVU, where everything kind of logically makes sense. Doink, doink. <laughs> doink, doink. Exactly. Anus rhymes um, anus. And <laughs> we, we watch a lot, a lot of Law & Order in our house. Anyway, um, but, you know, that's something I really want to stop and have people really think about because, you know, and, and correct me if I'm summarizing properly or wrong, because I am not a law person. But normally, when people think about if there was some kind of court proceeding for sexual assault, you, you would think about it in a logical way. This is what I consented to. This is what I didn't consent to follow suit accordingly. And so basically, what you're saying in BDSM is because we can't legally consent to being hurt or, you know, bruised, spanked, whatever we do, that throws all concept of consent for the rest of the encounter out the window? Am I kind of summarizing that properly? Definitely that prosecutors just will not prosecute a, a BDSM case. It used to be we were seeing what we called the alleged domestic violence call, uh-huh. where somebody would be having a great scene and getting into it and making all kinds of noise. And then the neighbors or a roommate called mm. the police and people were arrested. And so we did, uh, NCSF in the early aughts did a, a ton of education with local law enforcement mm-hmm. and explained there's millions of people doing consensual BDSM. You really shouldn't be arresting them. Right. And what happened was the pendulum kind of swung the other way where then prosecutors stopped dealing and even like cops and detectives stopped really dealing with any kind of accusation of assault or sexual assault mm. if it involved kink. And they started really blaming the the survivors saying, you know, you must have been asking for it, um, making it kind of a hellish you know, experience to try to report a crime if it was in a BDSM context. So that was something that we had to change. I mean, I, we did a survey. It was like 3% of the people that reported that they'd had a consent violation mm-hmm. ha- reported it to the police. And 6% said that they had actually been injured during a consent violation. So that's even half the people, half the number of people that were actually getting injured. So you can see there's just there was just no way to deal with this. So unfortunately, our groups and and businesses have to really self-regulate. Right. They have to make sure that people who are, you know, being reported uh, for consent violations are not allowed access to their other members. Right, right. So I, I have a question for sort of the overall picture when you're like looking at these databases and designing it. Um, when you have a, somebody who's a bad actor in a BDSM community who does com- potentially commit violations, how do you take that into consideration when you're sculpting the overall effect of consent? Assuming that like BDSM folks can be bad guys as well as good guys. Well, it's very important that we reflected uh, how consent is enacted in our communities. Mm-hmm. And that is something that's been built up over decades, which is explicit prior permission really fulfills. It means you have to actually talk about what you're going to do before you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to actually be able to negotiate as equals. Somebody's not being coerced or told this is your role and this is how you're going to act. Um, and you're not in those roles when you're negotiating. Mm-hmm. And then you have to be able to have some sort of informed consent. That means you have to understand the risks involved. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that a lot with more riskier play that people are introducing it and then taking the other person. Well, sure, I'll try that when they don't even know the risks involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like suspension, you have to be aware that, you know, there's risk involved. Things like breath play. Mm-hmm. That is a very risky thing to do. So uh, what we did was we um, worked with the American Law Institute to create this legal framework that respects safe words because safe words are really important. Mm -hmm. I think that we're also working with groups in terms of explaining what EPP is, but also explaining to them red flags, things that they Ah. should be aware of, right? Because like if somebody is violating consent in the social space, 
you need to educate that person because, hey, we're the only people educating people about consent really, right. on an active and ongoing basis. <laughs> yeah. And so you have to educate them, but you have to also note it so that if you're constantly having to point out to somebody, no, you you don't touch people in the social space. That's That's a huge red flag because a lot of times people who are willing to violate consent will test people and see if they enforce their boundaries mm-hmm. or... Right. Or the rules of the event. So we do a lot of work with the groups and trying to help them when they're self-policing. And we we did the work with the outside organization. Oh, I I love it. So, Bebe, when you are on site and you are at the conferences and letting people know about what NCSF is doing, what is the reception from the community about things like EPP and um, the the efforts that you're making to change the penal code and and change the way court proceedings go? What, what's the community saying about that? Well, with EPP being so new, everybody is still learning uh, the actual framework that has been set up. Mm-hmm. But with us being a self-policing society, they're really excited about having a standard set of guidelines that will apply across the entire community mm-hmm. because, you know, every group and play party has their own rules as to what's acceptable and what's not. Right. But now with this framework, everybody has like a starting basis that, that we know that these things are the legal guideline. And as long as we're meeting those and we know that we're good. Right. Um, and I, I do, I think with us being a self-policing society, knowing these guidelines is going to make it much easier for groups to start handling these situations. Right. Right. And, and do you find, I know when Susan was talking about recognizing the red flags, I was like, I had like mm-hmm. a church moment. I was like, amen. Yes. Yes. I was nodding my head um, because I find as an educator that that is one of the hardest things to teach people because it is very subjective. You know, red flags aren't necessarily set in stone. You know, it could there could be, oh, well, there's a circumstance where maybe this looks like a red flag, but it isn't. And then, of course, people who are trying to manipulate you are like, well, of course, the thing you think is my red flag really has an explanation. And um, so do you do you see this in the community that that identifying red flags is a challenge and how so? Oh, absolutely. Um, Especially when you're dealing with submissive females. I Mm -hmm. mean, all submissives, even dominants get into this situation. Um, But, you know, we're taught to be people pleasers. We're taught, you know, if you're submissive, you don't want to be seen as not submissive. Mm -hmm. So we tend to ignore our own instincts Mm -hmm. in these situations. And that's something that I teach and and just (laughs) constantly is like when the hair stands up on the back of your neck, there's a reason for it. Yeah. You know, when Mm -hmm. when something doesn't sound right for you, there's a reason for it. And yes, you have the right to question that. Yes, you have the right to ask questions. You have the right to say no. Um, So it's 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 important that people listen to their own their own instincts and their own reactions and not discount that as so many of us have been taught to do. Oh, yes. Yes. And I just, you know, for those listening, we call our listeners American fuckers for the American fuckers listening along. um, I just want to reiterate that, you know, I have spent 50 years unlearning everything that society has told me to ignore my intuition, to ignore what my gut instinct is telling me, because especially, as you said, as as someone who has been socialized as a woman, I am told to tone myself down, to not make waves, to people please, to serve, whether I'm acting dominantly or submissively. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and so let weird Uncle Andy kiss you on the cheek. Or exactly. Give no. Ex- yeah, we've yeah. given away our bodily autonomy when we're little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that I just want to reiterate for the American fuckers, that's a problem for many of us, you know, especially those who are socialized as women, but really people of any gender. So don't mm-hmm. don't brush it off. We all need to work on that. And, and that's OK. Um, so Uncle Andy can go kiss himself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had had the words when I was little. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So this is, uh, you know, we're policing our own communities, which is awesome. 
and I, I want to go two different directions with that. One, what about the people that don't have community? Are, are you finding that there's a lot of folks that, you know, maybe aren't directly involved or don't take classes or don't look things up on the internet? Um, how do we get this message to those folks? Oh, that is such a great question. Have you heard of Beducated? They're like the Netflix of sexual wellness. Beducated is an online course platform with easy to follow video, audio, and written guides. And their expert backed library of courses range from Tantra to kink and everywhere in between. I love their consent and intimacy courses. You know, those soft skills we talk so much about that are vital for fulfilling and transformative sexual experiences. A few of those courses are The Wheel of Consent by Betty Martin, Grow Together by Ella Shannon, Dating, Relating, and Mating by Jake Eagle, Relationship Rebuilding by Impulsivity, Roadmap to Intimacy by Dr. Jenny Schuyler and Daniel Leibowitz, or Pleasure Mapping by Sex School Hub. And with your Beducated subscription, you get unlimited access to all of their online courses. That's over 100 hours of video and audio content, and they add new content every week from world-renowned educators. So here's a hot tip for you. You can try Beducated for one day for free and join Beducated for as little as $9.99 a month when you use our code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y. That's 65% off when you use our coupon code SUNNY at Beducated.com. That's B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D.com and use the code SUNNY. Oh, and the link is in our episode description. You know you're allowed to switch things up whenever you feel like it, right? Like yesterday, you were jamming to Retro New Wave, and today you're chilling to lo-fi. Or your go-to dessert, usually cheesecake, but right now, you could really go for some lemon gelato. Well, with Dipsy, you can always choose what feels good in the moment. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Find stories about that intriguing co-worker with a British accent. Eh, better than that. Or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. They even have stories designed specifically for your zodiac sign. Go Leo, Scorpio rising. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. And Dipsy has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories. It's your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny. That's S-U-N-N-Y. Again, dipsystories.com slash sunny. How do we get this message to those folks? Oh, that is such a great question. Because really, when we look at the latest prevalence survey by Debbie Herbenek, mm -hmm. uh, Sexual Diversity in America, that, that came out in 2017, it said that 30% of uh, Americans... Uh, adult Americans engage in spanking and 20% mm -hmm. do uh, bondage and 22% do role play, but only a tiny percentage uh, actually participate in kink workshops or sexual education. Right. And so there's millions of people out there doing this and they're not accessing our community. They're not learning our language. And NCSF sees this in our incident reporting and response. Mm -hmm. That's direct services. So if anybody out there is having trouble, like 
with uh, their job discrimination or child custody issue where your kink or non-monogamy is brought in, you can come to NCSF and report that to our IRR, Incident okay. Reporting and Response. And we'll connect you with resources. We'll connect you with kink aware professionals so that you can uh, protect yourself. Mm -hmm. So in doing this, we get a lot of people who are not actually community members. They're kinky and uh, they're coming to us for help. So they're being discriminated against just as we are, the the more out part of the population. Mm -hmm. But we're finding that even those folks understand the basic rules of um, consent when it comes to non-monogamy, mm -hmm. sensual non-monogamy, you're supposed to talk about what you're doing. You're not mm -hmm. supposed to just sneak off and do it. Right. And also understand the basics of consent to kink. I mean, they, they typically, if they're doing it the way we do it, if they have a safe word, they've discussed what they're going to do beforehand, they make plans, and they don't seriously injure each other. Mm -hmm. So we're having to get, we really wish we could do like a public campaign um, to let the public, the big greater public know. But you know, quite frankly, that's partly what happened during the 50 shades phenomenon all these voices rose up and started talking about consent and saying well that's stalking and that's harassment yeah. <laughs> that's not bdsm but you know we had all these voices speak out about it so it was it was a great transformational moment and the media started covering it so differently so we're hoping to kind of continue on with that mm -hmm. and and educate people so that that the wider mainstream doesn't doesn't think that rough sex is just saying, hey, are you feeling a little kinky? And then suddenly somebody's got a hand around your throat. Right. You know, that's not kink. And so, you know, and the mo new model penal code will help with that because uh, you were talking about consent in terms of um, the average person. You know, 20 states don't even have a definition of consent in their sexual assault law. Really? How wow. in the world? Yeah. Hmm. Are you supposed to figure out if somebody's consensual or not if it's not even in the law? And the new model penal code does have a definition of consent in it. Wow. Yeah, that's just, and that's just my out of curiosity. This has nothing to do with politics, but there um, is there a pattern to which states have a definition of consent and which states do not. Oh, like red states versus blue states? I'm not asking that. Oh, you're yes. not asking that. I, I, super you know, big, but, big. but is there a pattern? <laughs> you know, it's there's not really a pattern because the first model penal code on sexual assault, I mean, the last one is 1962. Oh, oh for shit. fuck's sake. That's older than me. States have been like on their own trying to figure this out for decades. Oh my gosh. Like I, I, I just imagine that that penal code is pretty much the lyrics to baby. It's cold outside. Like, I, <laughs> no. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, it's so sad, but it actually really kind of is because it, a, a lot of States had, you have to fight back. You had to, I mean, wow. a lot of times, like there's, there's codes now that, if you willingly take an intoxicant mm -hmm. and become drunk, that's, that's, you know, you can be taken advantage of. It has to be somebody administers it to you and wow. surreptitiously. So yeah, there's a lot of problems with the sexual assault law. This, this mm -hmm. new law will as helping the kink community, but it's, I think it's going to help the broader community realize what consent is. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, you, so as well. yeah. And like you had said with the 50 shades phenomenon, uh, oftentimes the, the, it starts with the kink community and we become your evangelists and we spread it out to the rest of the mainstream. Um, so knock on wood that that happens quickly and swiftly. So, okay. So the new model penal code legally defines, you know, all of the consent, all of the details, et cetera, et cetera. How do we then get that from what y'all have been developing for years and, you know, had the American Law Institute sign off on? How do we translate that documentation into laws state by state? What does that process look like? Do we have to have bills signed? Does it have to, you know, be used in court and become a legal precedent? What are we up against for all 50 states? Well, that's a great question. 
the first thing is that in the in the model penal code uh, in this section of explicit prior permission, it says this is intended to replace the old outdated case law. Okay. So what we're doing right now is we want anybody who's involved in any kind of a criminal case uh, involving kink to come to NCSF and we'll help you introduce it in your court case. Ooh. Yeah. So it doesn't even have to be the law of your state. You can introduce this as here's how you're supposed to be judging whether or not consent happened. And so we're actively doing that now. We've seen um, in a case of a couple that are not in the kink community, but we're doing kink mm-hmm. and they couldn't explain it like they were doing it really late at night and the, their their daughter called the police and the police show up at midnight and they're standing out there in front of their neighbors. It's a terrible situation and they couldn't explain it. And so he was arrested for domestic violence. Oh. And But then when they introduced this in court, they realized, oh, they were able to show their negotiation, their safe word, right? Oh. Uh, the fact that they had planned this as a birthday celebration. And that's exactly what we want people to be able to do is introduce their negotiations. Mm-hmm. And is this something and, like active, ready to go right now? Like I could tweet about it to legal Twitter and then they could retweet it. Or is this something that you're, that's it's still in the process? This has been approved by the American law Institute at their June meeting in 2021. The only reason the entire model penal code has not been published yet is because they're still working on the sex offender registry. Ah, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And, that's another area that states were just kind of left to their own to try to figure it out. And it's really not serving anybody. So they're trying to kind of make that more uniform and that's a, a difficult process. So they're hoping that at this, we're hoping at this month's meeting that they have that they'll approve that and then publish the entire thing. But yes, you could tweet about this. Um, we have, we're giving continuing legal education workshops about it. Uh, we just actually gave a workshop at oh, Seton, awesome. uh, Law Hall. Yeah. So lawyers are hearing about this and they're interested in this and they want to find out more. Uh, it just, we haven't kind of broadened out and done a big public blast yet. We're waiting for the entire law to be published. And that's when we're going to move on to the next phase, which you were asking, how do we do this? Mm-hmm. Well, we have done extensive legislative research on all of the states and we have picked out three where we want to start lobbying first. Mm -hmm. And these three states, for example, Maryland is one of them, does not have a definition of consent in their sexual assault law. Mm -hmm. And uh, we think that this model penal code on sexual assault will help every, every citizen in that state. And yet also include the explicit prior permission section. And we also have chosen New York and Washington state. And we believe those are the three places that we can make big, public statements, uh, train people who are uh, citizens of those states to lobby. It's very easy. Write letters to your legislators. We're going to have a big giant campaign. Uh, it's it's starts with an educational campaign, which is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to rely on all of our folks to speak out for us. That is truly amazing. I am. Yeah. I am so excited. So I am so excited. Living in Nevada, I always have to ask, is um, brothels and legal sex work something that you're considering when you're looking at the state of Nevada? Well, NCSF has a mission that focuses on kink and consensual non-monogamy. However, our uh, Consent Counts program really is looking at decriminalizing any kind of uh, sexual behavior between consenting adults. Mm-hmm. So we lap over into the sex worker community. We definitely help professional dominatrixes. Um, and we try to ally with sex worker groups that are really doing amazing work right now. Decriminalized sex work, Espler. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a number of groups that are focused on this because of the FOSTA-SESTA yes. legislation. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. kind of chilled everything first. In fact, there's a federal legislation, federal, there's a suggestion that the federal government should s- explore the effects of FOSTA-SESTA on sex workers and Absolutely. our communities. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm looking at that to see if we need to put out an action alert to encourage people to contact their representatives mm-hmm. to encourage that. That would be amazing. I mean, I see it every, every damn day. 
as as an educator, as a sex and kink educator, it affects me. It affects my professional community. And we are all like legal above board. Many of us are licensed and certified. We are not doing anything dirty or illegal. Um, I'm doing and- things that are a little dirty. <laughs> I'm not, not well, going to lie. Know. Not right now. Not right now because I didn't get consent for I can tell stories. Right, exactly. <laughs> you could. But is that personal or professional? I don't know. Anyway. Um, but Oh, but that is a good point. I did want to say, you know, we're seeing prof- uh, professionals being deplatformed, mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. Amazon not yeah. publish their Shadow banning. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's a real huge problem for our professionals who are, you know, a, a sex therapists, yeah. counselors. Writers. Educators. Writers, mm-hmm. yeah, podcasters. There you go, podcasters. Um, <laughs> Except for Joe know, Rogan, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> NCSF lost our Twitter account for, oh, for four months last year, and it's just because they're misapplying right all of this. Um, these NCSF's not explicit. They're, I mean, we have National Coalition for Sexual Freedom in our name, and I think it was just that. It's the word sex. No, we absolutely. Have, we have the same thing yeah. American Sex Prod, you know, podcast, American sex podcast yeah. and yeah. Like, Sex with Sunny Megatron. Everything we do has the word sex in it. And so we're... <laughs> <laughs> it's a pain in my well, butt. Well, it's you know, moving forward, though. And yeah. that's, that's one of the other interesting things is that a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing, like EPP, is modular now and is... Uh, things that are designed to change and adapt as the times change and adapt. What have you done to sort of um, ensure that that could be the case with that? Like I, you sort of did a universal, you know, like the, you were going for the universal principles. Is that sort of what it was? Well, what we did was we explained, uh, you know, we did a ton of research with our consent counts project. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been a long time we've been working on this. We created a consent statement with our communities. We bounced it off of them for two years. We did surveys, three different surveys on consent. So we really did gather the data. As right. a grassroots organization, we have to have the, the real data. We're not dictating anything from on high. Mm-hmm. And so we got that data and we worked with the American Law Institute because it had to conform to like U.S. law, which is the issue with adapting this to other countries. It's it's we have to work within that country's you know body of law. Right. And they were the ones that came up with the term explicit prior permission. Um, but they did awesome. enshrine safe word in the model penal code on sexual assault in the commentary. It discusses safe words. And the way they describe it is, um, you know, a word or gesture that can stop what's happening at any time. Right. Which, so oh, that yeah, makes my this, heart sing. It really does. I yeah. know. Everybody should have a safe word. Even people who aren't kinky, it should be just kind of known that this is how you, how you deal with consent in a sexual intimate relationship is you can, you can use the escape hatch. Mm-hmm. You can say something's gone wrong. Let's stop and pause and figure out what's going on. Spring is in the air. It is a time of new beginnings and a chance to reawaken your sexual energy with Like a Kitten. Whether you go to a sex toy shop or order online, you've probably noticed that the number of products to choose from can be overwhelming. Luckily, Like a Kitten makes buying sex essentials a breeze. Like a Kitten offers subscription gift boxes, so each season you'll receive a new shipment right to your door with all the ingredients to spice up your sex life. Their spring box will tickle all of your senses with treats like strawberry nipple arousal cream, cheeky apple lube, and melting rose petals for the bath. The people at Like a Kitten are expert curators and they select beautiful pleasure products. This spring, you'll receive a pink glass dildo, flowered glass Kegel balls, and even a mini flower pot with seeds for daisies, sunflowers, and roses. I appreciate Like a Kitten because it's always an adventure. You see, I'm an anxious shopper and I never know what new things I should try out. I love how Like a Kitten not only sends me great toys and erotic accessories, they inspire me to play in new ways and with new toys that I probably never would have thought to try on my own. For example, the pink flower nipple suction set. Mm -hmm. Yep, 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 yep. 
And the cool thing, the spring subscription box price is $79, which is a great deal because the products in this box retail for well over $150. To celebrate spring, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 15% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash sunny, S-U-N-N-Y, or enter code sunny at checkout. Just go to likeakitten.com slash sunny or use sunny to get 15% off these incredible boxes. Again, that's likeakitten.com slash sunny. And the link is in our episode description. Guess what? It's finally time to start that podcast you've been thinking about. Go! Because I've got two free months of podcasting service for you with Libsyn. List your show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, get a dashboard full of critical show building stats. Plus, Libsyn even does video. Use the code SUNNY at Libsyn.com or follow the link in the show notes. You can, you can use the escape hatch. Mm-hmm. You can say something's gone wrong. Let's stop and pause and figure out what's going on. So this, in uh, speaking of it being kind of developed, you know, we've developed our best practices over the past 25 years. As our understanding of consent has grown right. in consultation with the communities, it's been very important. So um, we actually we, we did our best practices to conform to the explicit prior permission, which pretty much gave us everything we wanted um, in, in if we had had an ideal, we would have drawn it up almost exactly the same way. We just really wanted to make sure that you could role play and, and be able to protest or pretend like it's non-consensual, mm-hmm. um, but still be able to have a way to, to stop it at any time. Even if you're doing a CNC, some people are mistakenly think that CNC means you can't have a safe word. Mm-hmm. Everybody, according to this, legally, you need a safe word. Right. That doesn't mean you have to use it. <laughs> uh, the, the scene can be completely about not being able to say no. But uh, in legally, you have to be able to stop what's happening at any time when it involves any kind of sexual contact. Mm-hmm. And that, so we, yeah, it's yeah. so important. Go it ahead. Is, uh, and it, that really is important because there are a lot of states not even, not only do they not have a definition of consent, some of them actually say that you cannot withdraw consent at all. <sighs> Yeah, so this specifically in the specific wording says that you can withdraw consent at any time during the activity. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah, that's, I'm, I was so excited to see that wording. And it's so yeah. important because you can agree to something and then change your mind and legally you can't change your mind. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. not a roller coaster. <laughs> right. It's not a roller coaster. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Any time. And, uh, and it's, it's mind boggling to talk to these prosecutors who are like, I just don't know how I can explain that they consented to, you know, a spanking, but they didn't consent to intercourse. And I'm sitting there going, because you actually look at the emails they exchanged and they consented to a spanking. <laughs> right. And, and said specifically, no intercourse. Right. And and so, okay, you mentioned an email. And of course, when we negotiate, oftentimes we will do it verbally. However, there are some folks that use contracts or, you know, different like yes, no, maybe sheets and all sorts of different things. I would assume that it's better documented if things are in writing. And if that's the case, can this new change in the penal code make, uh, you know, like slave contracts, for example, admissible if, if that contains negotiation of what people do and don't consent to? Yes, it's Ugh. so exciting because it used to be that if you had a contract, it could actually be used against you. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yes, contracts for slavery are illegal in the state of Illinois. Well, and I know I like any, they're you, illegal, but yeah, okay. And I'm talking in a BDSM context. Right, okay. And also okay. like it's like you can't talk about or you can't make a contract to say I'm going to hit you in the state of Illinois. That's completely illegal, at least last I knew. Yeah, it's um, because what you're doing is under the old case law, you were basically admitting that you were doing this non-consensual mm-hmm. act and you had, a, had had forethought in doing it. You didn't just do it spontaneously. You actually planned it out, which in legal terms, it usually causes calls for higher sentencing. Wow. 
that, out. that just boggles my mind that something that you clearly consented to because there's a contract actually legally says you didn't consent to it. You did something really bad and you're admitting it. It just makes no sense. <laughs> like when lot, Yeah. Wow. But now anything text emails, that's why it's a great idea. If you're a top, mm-hmm. make sure you text your bottom. Okay. We're meeting tonight. I've got on the, on the, you know, uh, we discussed the the fuzzy cuffs, the blue flogger, and <laughs> a little bit of spanking, you know, and then and then the, have the person respond, you know, so you actually have that documented what your negotiations were. Mm. So that can be really helpful for people, especially if you're doing things like pickup play right. or you're playing with somebody the first couple of times. I mean, not only just verbal negotiation, but when you put it down in black and white, there's people have different accessibility needs. Sometimes mm-hmm. people need to actually really kind of think about something and look at something um, and and maybe have it double checked. So when you're doing things like using what they call force and restraint mm-hmm. with, with sex, which is what kink really is, you have a higher level of responsibility to make sure that the person that you're doing with understands what you're going to be doing, why you're doing doing it, um, what the risks are, and then how to stop it. Mm, You know what's interesting? We've actually adapted like similar things in our lifestyle that are not sexual in any way, shape, or form where we use consent in sort of a, a weird way. The first one is our we when our kids were little, we made sure that they could, if they were getting upset, give themselves a timeout and give them a safe word. So anybody in our house that said the word jelly beans, remember jelly mm-hmm. beans? They could just walk away, go to the room and be angry for right. you know, up to an hour, but we had to address whatever the situation was later. And now I'm a professional dungeon master, not in the BDSM term, but in the Dungeons and Dragons sense. And I use consent sheets that were designed by Shauna Germain from Money Cook Games before every one of my games, before I start them, so that I can find out, okay, are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? So it's very similar to a yes, no, maybe list, but it's things about a fantasy sort of like Game of Thrones Tolkien-esque world. So if things were going to upset people that we could talk about that before it happened. So mm-hmm. consent is awesome and it's, you know, can be used in a plethora of ways. And and maybe that's one way to, you know, sort of sneak this through the back door to the mainstream is, you know, and I, I, I've done uh, content about this when I've been teaching that like safe words aren't just for BDSM. They're for when, when you're getting into a heated argument with a family member. You can safe word and just everybody walk away and take a breath, you know, and regroup later. Uh, these concepts are very transferable across so many applications that have nothing to do with sex or anything adult. So, hey, maybe that's, a, you know, it's like like what putting the, the medicine in the sugary thing, like we just give them the consent in the mainstream interactions. And before you know it, we're all better people. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the resurgence of the meat resurgence of the me too movement i'm not sure if that would have really happened if we hadn't had all these 50 shades of gray discussions about consent and kind of brought that into the the mainstream consciousness so i think this is just the next step to be talking about consent in all of these different interactions yeah and by the way that's how i came into kink i was doing a role play game so it <gasps> made me very excited oh there. geeks unite oh, awesome, awesome. <laughs> Hit me up if you ever want to play. I do everything online. Oh, that's fabulous. There's there's a virtual tabletop that has the electronic. I have like isometric graphics and all sorts of little like fireballs that animate and skeletons that rise out of the ground. (laughs) Cool voiceovers that I do and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Pandemic gaming has like taken it to a whole new level. In fact, the world of BDSM (laughs) and the world of tabletop role-playing games is more of a Venn circle than a Venn diagram. It pretty much overlaps. Yeah. Because if you've ever gone to the secret dungeon at Gen Con late at night, <laughs> that's an actual BDSM dungeon. Like they, so they take the um, the live play dungeon that they have for everybody that's doing the live action stuff and turn it into a naughty land. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ge- geeky and kinky very much go together. So um, for for average folks in the community, what do we have to... I don't know, look forward to what's coming. Will we see, uh, you know, trainings on EPP bleeding out into our community? Uh, What can folks expect? 
Well, we already are doing lots of trainings. NCSF is sponsoring webinars, mm -hmm. so there's no accessibility issues. Anybody can join. We also have a, a, a video up on our Consent Counts page. You can go there and watch the video, and it explains all about explicit prior permission. And we link to also the video from the American Law Institute, where they explain awesome. explicit permission, which is very interesting. So yeah, so we're we're trying to do this ourselves. We're we're willing to uh, give a presentation with groups and at uh, conferences mm -hmm. to kind of help spread the word. We're tabling. Uh, Jackie's out tabling, trying to spread the word as hard as she can. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we're also doing the podcast. We'll start branching out and do more vanilla kind of podcasts, uh, sex oriented kind of podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, once this is published. But I think the big thing is once it's published, we'll do more blasts on it. And we just really want more groups to participate and kind of trying to help spread the word. About right, this right. right and, and for the American fuckers listening along, like, ooh, video, ooh, this, I'm going to put a bunch of links in the show notes, like directly to the video, directly to some of the, um, you know, like the EPP literature and whatnot. So all of the stuff you're hearing, don't worry, go to the show notes, which are either in the podcast streaming service you're listening to right now or at americansexpodcast.com for this episode. And every darn link will be there. So I gotcha. Um, so how can folks support you? Because you all are, you are an all volunteer organization. Uh, what can we do as a community to make sure that you can do the best work possible? Well, you can volunteer for NCSF. We have a wonderful volunteer forum on our website where you can actually even volunteer for different committees. We do committee structure to actually do our work. So go to our webpage and volunteer. You can join as an individual member. You can ask your group to join as a coalition partner or a supporting member. And we ask you to shop at our store. We have Got Consent swag as well as NCSF t-shirts. So there's a lot of ways that you can support NCSF. Oh, that is amazing. We had to send Sunny a sex and politics t-shirt. <gasps> what? A well, I have not I seen these. I don't know. My English just broke. I'm so excited. Why have not I seen these? <laughs> I, I will get your address and we will send you one. Apparently, I married Yoda. Right? <laughs> <laughs> married Yoda, you did. <laughs> Consent we must have. Okay. <laughs> Negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Oh, my God. Um, I am just I'm so thankful for y'all and, and all the work that you do. And, and, you know, all of this that you've been working on for you know, 14 plus years is just amazing. And you do it to make our community a better place and to make our world a better place. And I don't even have words to thank you. You are both and everyone who works with NCFS. I have is, words. Or NCSF. I Did somebody <laughs> owe me money now? I fucked it up again. <laughs> Do we have a North pool Carolina going? Do I owe somebody 50 bucks now? Because NCSF. NCSF. <laughs> it's your dyslexia at work, though. It really is. She doesn't have dyslexia. She just has dyslexia for this word. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just this one word. I know, I know. Um, and so we will have in our show notes, you know, obviously links to all the stuff I said, links to your site, your social media. Um, what else? What what didn't you tell us that you want everybody to know? I'd say when when I've been going out, this is a perfect time to re-examine consent as a whole mm -hmm. because everybody's been locked away for a couple of years yeah. and everybody is not just the new people who have been sitting behind the keyboard, but all of us who have been confined for a couple of years, everybody has got that little bit of frenzy going out. They want to come back out. They want to hug everybody. They want to do all the things, but people's limits as far as their consent have really changed over the last couple of years. And anytime they actually had me standing up beforehand at a lot of parties or events, and it's like, do not assume, do not ever assume anymore that you can just go up and hug everybody that you have. Fuck no. Because the state of consent has definitely changed. Don't be offended if they tell you no. And the proper response is, thank you for letting me know your boundaries. 
You know, <laughs> so uh-huh. it's a great time for not just new people coming in, for experienced people coming in. And once you get people on board with this kind of new model with consent, then it's a great time to bring in the EPP education. Wonderful. And Susan, well what do we what do we skip? What what do you want people <laughs> to know? I wanted to say, well said baby. Um, Yeah, you know, check out the NCSF website. We put a lot of our resources up there. And under who we are, check out our awards. We just opened up the Vi Johnson Liberation Award that Uh, honors and celebrates the contributions of Black, Indigenous, POC, and LGBTQ folks. So if you know of somebody that you want to nominate, we're taking nominations. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll go check that out and get my get my wheels turning. Um, thank you both. Once again, you know, I love you both. I love the work you do. Um, and I will keep folks posted as I hear things rolling out. I will, you know, in the intro of future podcasts, we're like, hey, everyone, guess what? So we can all keep abreast of the new developments. You said so. penal and abreast all in one. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I did. Pick that out. Keep, keep oh, abreast oh of the new penal development. I don't know. Keep okay. abreast of the new penal codes. Oh god, I need a nap. Anyway. <laughs> Um, thank you both. I, I really appreciate you taking the time out and uh, we'll talk again soon. Well, thank you for I having miss- us on. Thank you so much. I'm missing you guys out and about. We miss you too. too. (laughs) Until next time, or until like we're actually in the same place at the same time, who knows when that'll be. Um, (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. What's that? You want more? Well, you can start by streaming our TV show on Showtime, Sex with Sunny Megatron. Then pop on over to SunnyMegatron.com. Everything's there. You can get updates on my new book, check out my sex ed and BDSM workshops, learn how to book me for your organization or for coaching. You know, we also want to hang out with you too, right? So come join our Discord community or follow along on TikTok or Instagram, Twitter, all the social media. I'm Sunny Megatron everywhere. And you can catch Ken on Twitter or tune in to his weekly D&D games on Twitch. If you want to support the show, a great way to do that is simply to tell people about it. Make a TikTok or tweet about your favorite part of this episode. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review too. And if you're a ride or die American fucker, you're going to want to join our Patreon community. We'll send you official American fucker stickers and you'll get a lot more too at patreon.com slash American sex. Now, just in case you happen to be one of the few that still has disposable income in this late stage capitalist hellscape, well, when you're shopping for a new sex toy, BDSM gear, Kink Academy membership, or other things, please patronize our sponsors and affiliates. You'll get a discount and it helps us too. Win-win. All those links and codes are in our show notes. Thanks, American fuckers. We appreciate the heck out of you. See you next time.